This is the Bare Naked Christianity Podcast, where we're stripping off religious layers and laying down our masks. Join us on this movement to get back to what matters, loving God and loving people. We're bearing all today here on Bare Naked Christianity. And now, here are your hosts, Meg and Josh. We're back. Welcome back to Bare Naked Christianity. Yes, just Meg and Josh again. Ted's a lazy piece of... Something. I'm kidding. He works really hard. I mean, he's all right. (laughs) We miss you, Ted. If you're listening, which you probably are. You better be. This is your podcast too, buddy. Um, But today we're talking about a pretty important topic. Yes, and if you have read our blog, you have seen it pop up at least a couple of times. Uh, Once for sure in the article titled, It's Not Up to Me. And uh, that is the topic of compassion. It's a big topic. It's a big topic, especially right now in the world that we're living in with people who are sick, people who are dying, people who are out of work, in all kinds of crazy situations um compassion is definitely a hot topic right now well let's start this off with what does compassion mean to you and not the webster's dictionary version (laughs) webster's defines compassion as you know that's how every subpar preacher starts their sermon sorry (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna talk about compassion today and dictionary.com for all of you millennials defines compassion as that's that's not how we're starting um (laughs) compassion to me um means seeing a need and meeting it in its simplest form seeing a need meeting it even to the point of putting yourself out a little bit or crossing some societal lines compassion is it's extra it's seeing a need seeing a need going the extra mile to meet it i mean that's a good answer oh here we go but like my answer my answer i truly believe compassion is anything that we do without strings attached to it that's good all right one point for you <laughs> but no really like because you can do something for somebody and have the mentality of i scratch your scratch you i scratch your back you scratch mine that's true and that is paying favors for favors that's yeah, not compassion it's not compassion i think compassion has to have no strings attached and that is so hard to do in the society that we live in where almost everyone has an agenda Almost everybody is out for something or out to get something. And it's, I'll do this so that I can get. And yeah. uh, that's that's the world we live in. Yeah. I the, the first story that comes to mind, probably the most impactful story and what has shaped my view of compassion um, was a night many, many years ago when I was in college. <laughs> Okay. Insert crude old joke humor here. I mean, it's all right. You did it yourself. (laughs) Um, And so I went to um, University of Valley Forge, which is right outside Philadelphia. And um, so we would, you know, hang out in Philly some nights, which you know, you went there also years after me. Like a year after you. Youngin. 
Um, but, uh, and you know, gosh, if you've been around any urban environment, not even just urban environments, but homelessness is an epidemic. Like you see it everywhere. And, um, Philadelphia was obviously no different. And I remember we were walking back to the parking lot, um, from, you know, just being out to eat and hanging out and we're all walking. It's cold and we're walking fast and we're trying to get back to the car. And suddenly I'm by myself and my group of friends had stopped and I hadn't known. And I kept walking and I turned around and I saw uh, my friend Peter and my friend Debbie was with us. And, and Peter was talking to this very ragged man that was sitting at the entrance to the parking lot. And he, you know, was having a conversation and I was internally maybe externally rolling my eyes, like, come on, it's freezing. You have the car keys. Can we just go? And, um, so I started to walk back towards him and I saw him reach into his pocket and pulled out some money and started to hand it to the homeless guy. And I look closer and I'm like, that's a $20 bill. No, that that's a $20 bill. Like he's legit handing a $20 bill to this homeless guy. And, um, you know, I like stood there incredulously, like, probably my jaw had dropped and then he you know leaned over and he prayed for the guy and told him Jesus loves him have a great night and off we went to the car and I was floored and I remember saying what did you just do why did you give that guy twenty dollars like it's the same line and we've all said it or at least thought it like you know what he's gonna do with that money he's gonna go buy alcohol or he's gonna go buy drugs and um this night is so vivid in my memory because Pete's response was life-changing for me. And he said, you know, it's not really up to me what he does with the money. It's up to me to show the love of Christ and to be compassionate. And, you know, I, I like to debate. That is my nature. And so I went right back at him, you know, well, that you're enabling and you're this and that. And he um he finally said like well what if jesus had had that same mentality with what he was giving to us you know what if jesus had said well i'm not going to give you my sacrifice or my life because i know you're probably just going to squander it and i was just i was blown away i was blown away in that moment and it changed how i view compassion. It changed how I view giving money to homeless people at at a very practical level. And, um, you know, it was almost silent in the ride home that night or the ride back to campus because I really just thought, what if, what if Jesus had looked at us and said, well, I'm not going to die for that one because I know they're just going to throw it away with their actions and their behaviors. But he didn't, he died anyway, knowing what we would do. He had compassion on us, even knowing the depths of our sin. And so, you know, I look at a homeless person and I hope I'm not enabling them to make a a wrong choice or a bad decision. But at the end of the day, it's not up to me. It's not up to me to decide how they're going to spend that gift. Like you said, there are no strings attached to that gift of compassion. You know, compassion doesn't just come with giving i think it comes with when we put a value on something and that value has no strings attached to it um i know 
for me as a father, there's a value that I have on my kids. And there's a value that they know that I've placed on them. And that when they mess up, they know that it's okay. You know, and I think I think that's a big it's it, grace, <laughs> what right. you call it, which you it need is. a lot of when you're parenting for um, sure. But I remember this one time we were in a hotel room. We traveled a lot when we lived in Wyoming, um, speaking and doing other things, and we were hanging out in a hotel room, and Whit was out doing something. And I was working, and Nora took my phone, and she couldn't get it to work, and she threw it across the hotel room. Oh, like, man. Like, literally across the hotel room. And I I remember, like, gasping. I say, did your stomach, like, drop into your toes? Yeah, because <laughs> I was using, as a, using it as a hot spot, and the hot spot oh, went away. Oh, no. And I was like, um, my phone's broken, and... You know, the hotel internet wasn't that great, and I was trying to work. And so I'm freaking out. I finally get up, and I go grab my phone, and Nora is, like, terrified. And we had a conversation. You know, she was old enough to understand that, hey, you don't throw your phone when you get upset. You don't throw things when you get upset and break things. And um, And so when I got my phone fixed... The first thing she did was go grab it and start playing on it. <laughs> and it wasn't because she was like, ooh, I'm going to see how far I can go. It was because she understood the value that, I, that me as a dad have, has placed on her. And, you know, God does that to us. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later. But we mess up all the time. And there's so much compassion, so much grace that we know we can come running back to the Father it's like they do go hand in hand, like compassion and grace. Yeah. Because a lot of times compassion, the ones who need compassion a lot of times are the ones who also need grace. <laughs> and it's difficult to separate those two. Like I know um, being somebody who has worked now for a little while, a couple years in the public school system, um, man, <laughs> you have, you know, the kids who are just – making great choices and doing everything right. The ones who are easy to teach and they listen. And then you've got the kids who just, you know, make you want to quit your job when you come home. Um, and I have, I had a couple run-ins with one such little third grade boy who just picked fights and didn't listen and was disrespectful and like really pushed me to my wits end. And uh, I'll remember, and we'll never forget one day he said to me, tears almost welling up in his eyes, and that was very unusual for this kid. And he said, "Miss Weber, can I talk to you in the hallway? And I was like, what? Like, you don't ever talk. You throw things and hit people at the, yeah. at the playground. <laughs> um, but I stepped out into the hallway, and he said, "Miss Weber, I really don't feel well. Okay, This kid was also a major nurse abuser. Okay, you know what that is. That's the kid who has to go to the nurse every single day just because they don't feel like working. So my first instinct was to be like, look, you're fine. You know, yes, we have a math test today, but you're going to be okay. And but I his voice broke 
and and he had just acted out horribly at lunch and he, you know, had spent time in the office and all of these things that added up that if you look at this kid on paper, no way I should believe him right now. Yeah. And and no way should I be showing compassion. He didn't deserve it. But see that's where the grace comes in again through like this little broken prepubescent voice and his tears. He said, I I really don't feel well. I really, something's wrong. I need to go to the nurse. And he started crying and I, you know, I hugged him. Just don't tell. We're not supposed to hug the children. Um, but I said, Hey, Hey, it's going to be okay. Like what's wrong. You just announced that on the podcast. All right. I don't mind. (laughs) Corona, I'm not working anyways. So, um, and I hugged him and it was, again, this is a kid that pushed me to my limits and he hugged me back. And I said, absolutely, you can go to the nurse. And I, I think he had come to me almost trembling, like she's going to say no, but I, I need to ask anyways. I need to, and our relationship kind of changed from that point. Now, I would love to say, like, he was a perfect angel after that. He wasn't. (laughs) But there was an understanding there that if he was honest with me, if he told the truth, uh, then he was on good terms with me and we were going to get through it. And uh, that's because of compassion. That's, That's because in a moment of weakness, I was able to let go of my preconceived notions about this kid and my judgments on this kid and just see a need and say, oh, okay, I'm going to take a risk here. Cause it is risky um, sometimes to show compassion when you don't know what's going to happen or if it's going to be, you know, thrown back at you or misused and, you know, gave him what he needed at that moment. And I don't know, it, it felt good. It felt good knowing that now this kid and I had a relationship and we could move forward. That's awesome. <clears throat> Compassion for me, I, while I said it has no strings attached, I think a lot of times, you know, compassion has many facets. Grace, um, generosity, you know, Pete showed generosity in giving the, the homeless man $20 with no strings attached. Um, it comes with, like you said, letting go of preconceived notions of somebody and and um, and doing what you feel is right. It's funny because um, I had three of my friends, three friends staying with me once when we were in Wyoming. Uh, one was my college roommate and two of his friends that um, have since become friends. And they were doing this thing across the country where they were going around and helping ministries, and we were just planning a church. And I was like, "Hey, if you're gonna pastor Wyoming, hit me up. You know, you can stay with us." So they stayed. I think they stayed at like, I want to say they stayed for like a week Ooh. with us, which was awesome because uh, the one guy had spent a lot of time overseas, so like he cooked a couple meals, and <laughs> nice. you know, we had this awesome. Um. We had this awesome, I don't know, I don't know what you call it, but... uh, Making memories. It's exactly what it was, but we had this time together, and as part of of what I did with leading worship was was Celebrate Recovery, and I I love that ministry, 
Um, so for those who are just listening that aren't familiar, what, what really is Celebrate Recovery? It's, it's a 12-step program, um, almost like an AA, but it's, it's for more. It's for sex addicts, drug addicts, um, alcoholics, any type of addiction. I mean, we had people with video gaming addictions. Um, and the cool thing is, like, you go and you're like, yeah, I'm addicted to this, and nobody laughs at you. Like, you know, if you were to walk into AA and go... I'm addicted to video games. You know, I mean, what would happen? <laughs> Probably would get a little bit of judgment, not a lot of compassion. <laughs> you know, and so it, it was a ministry that was fueled by compassion. And and so we, uh, and so these guys came. Well, there was this guy that used to, would come off and on, and when he would show up, he was always lit. He was always way past gone. He walked with a limp. People tended to stay away from him. <laughs> it, it, I'm just being honest. Like yeah. people didn't really have compassion towards this guy because it didn't feel like he wanted to get help. And so you know, he came for the meals. He never wanted to stay for the worship service. He never wanted to you know stay afterwards or anything like that. And I remember this one Friday in particular when these guys were visiting. Um, we ended up having this crazy long worship service and, uh, and you, when you visited, you, you went to one of our services. I did. They were, they were fun. They were epic. They were great. There is something about being in a room of people who have been at the bottom and have nothing left to lose except to just go after God with everything that they can. Yeah. So that type of environment and we, it's just straight worship. Well, I watch, I watch as my three friends walk up to the front, they're worshiping with everybody and, and Derek starts praying for people. And it's really cool. Cause even in college, Derek was just one of those guys where he had no fear. It didn't matter if he knew you, if we were in the middle of, Philadelphia, he would walk up to somebody and be like, yo, God wants to tell you this. And he would start praying for him. And not everybody's like that. And so he walks up to this guy and he calls over, um, he calls over the other guys and tells them, um, Hey, we're going to pray, pray for him. And I'm, I'm on stage watching this happen and they, like he gets up, this guy gets up, no longer drunk. What? <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. No longer drunk. No longer. Um. No longer limping. And he is now skipping around the sanctuary, running around like he was just. I I don't know. It was he he had this new. He wasn't himself. He wasn't the same guy that walked in that night. That is crazy. And um, I just remember watching that and watching. These guys didn't know him from Adam. You know, they didn't know that he was the guy that everybody stayed away from. <laughs> right. They they came. They were eight. They didn't have preconceived notions. No. So they didn't have to go through that extra step of dropping them. No. And. Celebrate Recovery in and of itself is, like I said, a, a ministry fueled by compassion. They feed everybody 
you know, at least ours did. Um, they had a, a, a home cooked meal on Friday nights and then, you know, you would walk through the 12 steps Tuesdays and you would eat, we, they would feed us Tuesdays too. Like it was crazy, but they were just all about feeding people, all about loving on people, no matter what the background, no matter if you were getting right or not, you know, the, you could have failed the steps a million times, yeah. but they would still welcome you with open arms. It, and again, I, I said what I said earlier about people at the bottom, because it just reminded me of the time when I had the opportunity to um, partner with um, the Baltimore Dream Center, which is called City Beat Baltimore. And, um, it you know, shout out to Pastor Jared Michael and his wife Ashley. And it was such a unique experience, because I'll never forget when we um, walked in and we were just there to serve lunch for the day. Like, that's it. We're just in this tiny little you know, row home, living room size, uh, cleared out space where they had set up tables and they had a kitchen. And um, Ashley Michael stood up and she, you know, kind of gave us this little spiel about what we were going to do. And, you know, it was the typical like, oh, smile and start a conversation. And, but it very quickly (laughs) took a left turn into just a reminder, this is West Baltimore. And the people who come in here are going to smell horrible and they may vomit in front of you or pass out in their meal. And, you know, in my head at the time, I'm thinking like, Oh, this, they just have to say this, you know, they're just, (laughs) they they just, just covering their bases. How long have you lived in Baltimore? (laughs) Well, (laughs) it was not five minutes and, you know, we're serving food and we're, you know, putting plates of soup down in front of people. And it wasn't five minutes and a guy just completely, who I'm sure was high on something, just face down into his soup and it went everywhere. And I had this moment where I was like, what do I do? Like, can I touch him? Do I help? Do I, what do I, and Ashley moved so quickly. She ran over. She just tapped him on the shoulder and she said, Hey, come on, let's pick your head up. It's all right. She picked up a napkin and wiped his chin. And I just stood back and I was thinking like, you know, you could have, you could take this mentality of like, well, we don't know what this guy has. We don't know where he's been. I need to protect myself. And, and there was none of that. There was watching this and, and Ashley is this beautiful young woman who rushed to the age of this 60-something dirty high man with not even a blink, yeah. just right to his side to aid him, to feed him, to clean him up. And it was inspiring. Like, it was, it was inspiring because, you know, it's easy to talk about compassion in the form of generosity, you know, with, you know, the money and, and even sometimes with parenting, cause we have way, tons of parenting way stories. To, way to ruin my next story. No, no, <laughs> gosh, no, but I'm just saying there's different kinds no, of no, there is. compassion, but generosity is important. You have a generosity story? I do. Well, it's more of an obnoxious generosity Ooh, story. Oh, my favorite. Um, it was actually really funny, uh, my wife, Whitney, and I had read um, Pastor Rod Loy's book. Shout out to Pastor Rod Loy. Hey, He's Pastor amazing. Rod. He probably doesn't listen to our podcast. He should. <laughs> but uh, he has a book called Immediate Obedience. And 
my wife and I had read it together and we looked and we prayed and we were like, God, like give us this immediate obedience. You speak, we do. And we had just happened. I own my own business and we had just happened to have a surplus of money come in, um, that we were going to put away for a later date. Disney. (laughs) No, actually we were going (laughs) to put away for, we were going to kind of create an emergency fund, but God had different plans for the money and I went away, like I always did in Wyoming. I don't know that I was ever home. <laughs> That's because in Wyoming, nothing is within a two-hour drive. <laughs> so you go away every day just to go to the grocery store. <laughs> no, we had a Walmart. Um, and I went away, and I start seeing notifications pop on my phone, like two transactions at McDonald's. I'm like, why was there two transactions at McDonald's? And then there was like... $65 at Starbucks and I'm like why is there $65 at Starbucks? What is happening? And then um right before we went away like I heard I heard God say give your waitress a big tip and I'm like big and it was a like I had a tip that always you tithe and then you double it people all right that is the new rule for tipping if you listen to this podcast, you tithe and then you double it. So 10% times two is? 20%. There you go. And for my friends who are not math whizzes, you just move the decimal point over one and then double it. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> All right. We've got this. All right. But no, really, it was tithe. Or not tithe. It was tip and then add on this certain amount. And so I wrote it out and... You know, my wife looks at me and she looks at the check. She's like, oh, I was going to tell you to do that. And it was just this thing. Like, we had read this book and uh, we had told God, all right, God, you know, immediate obedience. We want to do it. And that's not even the story. That's leading up to the story. That was the intro, friends. (laughs) That was the intro (laughs) to the story. Because I'm now away and I'm getting all these notifications on my phone that there's like, there's two transactions at McDonald's. 65 70 bucks at starbucks which i have a family of five so not that difficult to do when everybody wants a cake pop and and a latte (laughs) 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 yeah it gets expensive it really does at starbucks um but i'm with a bunch of guys and we're at texas roadhouse and I mean, we are being obnoxious. We're being loud. No, you. <laughs> it was it was me, Nick. Um, I can't even. Mike. Uh, there was just a ton of us, and we had this big back table. There's probably twelve of us, and we're being loud. And um, other waiters and waitresses are wanting our table, and they're coming over, and they're thinking we're ordering alcohol and i overheard the one waiter ask the waitress like how much have they had to drink and she's like nothing <laughs> like i'm not gonna get a tip at this oh table <laughs> but everybody ended up ordering porterhouses so it was a pretty expensive bill but um there was this family and i'll never forget this moment there was this family sitting that near us and they asked their waitress if they could be moved Y'all were that loud. We were that loud. Oh. And I felt horrible Ouch. inside. I felt horrible inside. And so um, I just felt like I had to pick up their bill. 
God, it felt like God was telling me I needed to pay for their bill. And I think it was more guilt. Pro- probably. <laughs> but, well, at least I thought it was guilt. I thought it was guilt. And then God intervened. and God can also use guilt. He can. I'm not saying he causes it, but he can use it. Yeah, I think yeah. he can. And this is why I think he can. So, you know, we finished off our night and there's a but everybody's coming over like this is the fun table. We want to wait on it. And our waitress is like freaking out like why are all these other waiters and waitresses coming over to the table to talk to you guys? I'm like they just want to have fun. <laughs> I was like, "Don't worry, you're our girl. Like, we got you." And uh and so this is the first half of the compassion about this story. So I I pull our waitress, I pull their waitress. The family over, that moved. The family that moved. Okay. And our waitress freaked out thinking like we were complaining about her. <laughs> but I told her, I said, no, 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 no. I just wanted to pay for a table that she was waitress, she was waiting on. And she's like, what? Why would you do that? And so the lady's like, look, I'm not going to judge you. This is Texas Roadhouse. If you don't want to pay this full bill, you don't have to. She's like, so I'm going to let you see the bill. And then you can decide if you want to pay for it. It must like, have been a lot. It was 86 bucks. Oh, I mean, that's... It's Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, that, it's not I, cheap. It could have been more. Definitely. <laughs> um, and I was like, no, 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 I got it. And then everybody made a big deal about it. And I was like, no, guys. I was like, guys, come on. That Stop. wasn't the point. It wasn't. And Nick's like, Daddy Warbucks. Oh, BJ, <laughs> BJ was like, yeah, he's a doctor and a pastor. So oh he's made gosh. of money, which I'm not. I, I'm not made of money. And um, I'm actually broke. No, <laughs> that's why we're doing this podcast. Um, Advertisers, if you're listening, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> so um, the lady comes over and she's like, "Look, there's a problem." And I was like, "What?" Their waitress. And it's towards the end of our meal. She's like, "They ordered a meal to go, so they're gonna have a bill like nine bucks." And she's like, she's like, I'm not letting you pay for it. And I was like, all right, whatever. She's like, but what am I supposed to do when they say, why is the bill only $9? I said, just let me pay for it. She's like, no, that's not fair. And, um, and so I was like, all right, whatever. And so she goes over and hands the bill. And there you see like the woman like get visibly angry and I'm like scared oh, now. No. And then the waitress, because I asked her specifically not to tell them who did it. Right. I was like, please don't tell them. She's like, I had. To. And then she rushes over. Oh, She's no. like, I'm so sorry. I had to tell them. And they guessed. I promise. It was that they guessed who paid <laughs> for it. I didn't tell. They figured it out. <laughs> and so the lady comes over and like, we're all scared. Because <laughs> first off, they moved because of us. They didn't like you. Let's just put that out there right away. And... um. And so the lady comes over, and I don't know if she just looks angry. If she just has one of those faces, is that what you're saying? (laughs) Um, Or what, but she looked pissed. Oh, man. (laughs) And she comes over, she's like, who paid our bill? Like, all anger-like, and I'm like, and everybody. Oh. Like, there was not a finger at the table that wasn't pointing (laughs) at me. And the minute they all did it, she started crying. And I said, ma'am, you know, I know you moved because of us. I know you asked your waitress 
to move you to a different table because we were loud. She said, no, 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 no. She said, our three-year-old granddaughter was bit in the face with by a dog this morning, and we've been at the hospital all day. We just wanted a quiet place to decompress. Thank you for buying our meal. Mm. And, and I'm like... Whoa! Was everybody quiet at that point? I <laughs> could imagine. Got quiet at that point. Yeah. And you know it was, and so I asked her. I was like, "Can we pray for you and pray for your granddaughter?" And she's like, "Absolutely!" So everybody stood up and got around her, and we prayed. And revival on the Texas road. Oh, house. it was awesome. <laughs> well, so then, um, so then we're leaving, and. Everybody I'm with is oh is a great t- are all great tippers, and we had one waitress and she dealt with us and she put up with us. <laughs> we tried hooking BJ up with her. Like, oh my gosh! <laughs> she told us about her cats and living with her parents and <laughs> like best waitress ever. And like and so we had other friends who were at the restaurant too that we didn't know, and so BJ and I stop at the door. And we're talking to our friends, and they had seen us leaving, so they waited. And and we're talking, and she comes running over and, like, jumps into our arms. Because you've already paid the bill at this we've point. We've paid the bill. We've tipped. Yeah. We were leaving. And she comes, tears streaming down her face, runs over, leaps into mine and BJ's arms. And all she can say is, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I have, I know what I tipped. I don't know what everybody else tipped. Right. And so BJ and I are trying to figure this out. Like, how much did we give this? <laughs> like, she wasn't that. No, I'm kidding. She was great. But um, tears streamed down her face. She's like, I can finally put the down payment on the house. On, oh, wow. on the place I want to rent, is what she wow. said. And move out of my parents' house. And I was like, BJ, how much did you Yeah, <laughs> wait. What? What's the down payment? What? <laughs> And, you know, it was, it was an awesome night. We were rambunctious. We were crazy, but all in all, like, really, we, God used our craziness through compassion and generosity. Well, and what's interesting is this, so this wasn't a homeless person. This wasn't a person that necessarily looked, you know, down on their luck you know no. it's just a woman just doing her job at a restaurant and i yeah. think that's what's so important here is you know sometimes like in the story that i told about the homeless man in philly you can see yeah. you know compassion is greatly needed sometimes you can't you didn't yeah. know this woman was trying to move out of her parents house and put a down payment on something you you can't always see it and i i was so um i was so moved by um i watched the sight and sound production of jesus over the weekend for Easter. And uh, I was so moved by the Last Supper scene um, because they, you know, were showing all of the disciples and that is a perfect example to me of not being able to tell by how you look at someone on whether or not they need compassion, yet Jesus knows. Uh, And in that scene, you know, they're all buddy-buddy. These are Jesus' best friends, you know, Mm -hmm. and they are having a meal together but at this point in time, Judas, who we know is the one who turns out to betray Jesus, has already set the plan in motion. He's yeah. already met with, you know, the government officials and he 
is already planning to turn Jesus in. Yep. And th- this production just captured the compassion of Christ so in such a crazy way when Jesus called out to Judas and said, Judas, come here, l- let me wash your feet. And you can see the torment on Judas's face of him knowing I'm about to turn in this man. You know, I'm about to send this this man who we believe to be the son of God to his death. And Jesus also knew because hashtag son of God, you know, (laughs) he also knew and he didn't skip over Judas. No, he didn't say, I'll do everyone else's feet and, you know, but not you Judas, because I know what you're about to do. He washed Judas's feet too. There's a saying that I came up with for a sermon once love people like Jesus loved Judas the night before he got arrested. (laughs) That's powerful. I mean, if you think about it, the amount of love he had for that man was huge. He wasn't just, he was a disciple. He was one of his, his own. And even though he was about to turn him in, you know, he still loved him. He still showed compassion. He showed grace. He said, hey, I know what you're going to do. I but, know what you're about to do. But I love you anyway. Yeah. And that, that brings me to Ephesians 1. And uh, I love the book of Ephesians. If If you're listening and you have never read the book of Ephesians, you can get lost for days in the first chapter. Um, I remember I was working on a Devo once and I got like 17 devotionals out of the first chapter (laughs) of Ephesians. That is good stuff. Um, But right there in the beginning of Ephesians 1, it tells us that even before God created the earth, even before God created the world, he chose us and he adopted us into his family. That is powerful. You know, you could be listening and you could, whatever you, whatever you're struggling with, God knew you were going to do it. And yet he chose you. And died for you. Yeah. And loved you. Yep. And is I mean, he pre- didn't, preparing he, a place. He did come back. That's true. Easter. <laughs> Easter. But no, it's, it, it's so good. It reminds me of John chapter three, verse 17 that says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it through himself. And like, I think back to that night in Philadelphia, like I had condemned that man in my head. I saw him and I determined in my head that he was going to waste whatever I gave him. And so I withheld. Yeah. And that God did the opposite. God saw the world. He saw all of our sin. He saw that we would waste his son's sacrifice, but he gave it anyway. Yeah. Like that is such an extreme amount of grace and compassion that I can only strive for. Um, a missionary friend of mine into Africa put grace like this, you know, the trapeze artist nets. Yep. Grace is a safety net. When we fall off the trapeze, we bounce off the safety net. We can get right back on. It's still scary to fall. Oh, it's, 
It's terrible to fall. <laughs> I can't imagine how, <laughs> how it feels to fall yeah. like that yeah. in real life. Because I know what it's like to fall from grace. Yeah, me too. You know, we all fall short every single day. There's not a single person in this world besides Jesus that has not fallen short. And grace is a safety net. It's and, this gift that we're given. And the the best thing that we can do is to repay that. Not repay it, but pay it forward, I guess I should say. Is to understand that that which has been given to us is so that we can give to others. If we can't show compassion and grace to others, how can we expect it to be shown to us? Yep. And I, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I'm often the one who is now scolded by friends for giving money to homeless people, you know, um, and I'm fully aware that they may not be using the money for positive things, but I see it differently now. I tell them Jesus loves them. I pray with them if they'll let me. And then I just remember that it's not up to me. I hope that they felt the love of Christ in that moment. And what happens next is not up to me. It's grace. It's grace. I met a homeless man once with a beautiful dog, beautiful German shepherd. And uh, I heard God speak not to buy something for the homeless man, not to... Not to give the homeless man money. Did you buy something for his puppy? I did. Oh. I was in a gas station. <laughs> and I might have told you this story. I was with Joe and this guy's outside. And I'm like running around the gas station convenience store looking for something for a dog. <laughs> and Joe's like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm running around, running around, running around, running around. And, and finally I see like a Slim Jim. And I'm like, ooh, dogs like me? <laughs> right? Wait, I like Slim Jims. Yeah, but <laughs> dogs like Slim Jims too. And so I got this giant thing of water and a Slim Jim, a big Slim Jim. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a tiny one. And, um, and we and I I walk out and I'm like, hey man, you know I love you. Jesus loves you. I want to pray for you. I was like. But your dog, I just noticed it's you have a beautiful dog, and I wanted to get something for your dog. And the guy started crying. <laughs> He's like, and I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, so many people think of me and go, okay, how can I help this man when I'm sitting outside of a gas station or a convenience store? Nobody ever thinks of my dog. Yeah. And that hit me. Like, we need to have compassion for everything. It's it's like we opened with tonight when we said it's that it's going extra. Yeah. You can just see a need and meet it, you know, halfway or kind of go the extra mile for people and animals and, yep. you know, the, the people in your life, the situations in your life, go the extra mile to show compassion to people. Yep. It's good stuff. It is. You're pretty smart. Eh, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Be compassionate. Do something kind for somebody this week. And um, tune in next week for more Bare Naked Christianity. And if you like what you heard, subscribe. Leave us a rating. Leave a comment. And check out our blog. You can read the article. It's up to me at barenakedchristianity.com or one of our many other articles about Christianity and humanity and culture and life and lots of good stuff. 
Thanks for tuning in.